0: Hello and welcome to Netcast, where we are taking an in-depth approach to sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. I am your host, Mark Hatfield, and I hope that you are encouraged by these studies in the Word of God. We invite your feedback and would love to have you as a regular part of our listening audience. Please stay with us for today's message. Let me ask you as we begin today, what would you do if you had an earthly encounter with an angel? What do you think they would look like, and how would you respond to His presence? I want to welcome back our Netcast audience, and if you are joining us for the very first time, thank you for checking out the podcast. Please grab your Bible and go with me as we continue in our series on the angels of God. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 5, and I'm very excited to examine the subject, The Appearances of the Angels. A few of the major questions that come up when considering what the Bible says about angels is how do the angels appear in heaven and among men on earth? Now, these questions are important because we need to know how to identify these creatures when they are represented in the scriptures and be able to acknowledge their work among men. So far in our study, we have looked at facts and features of the angels, and now we are going to be looking at the appearances of the angels so that we can get a better grasp of these heavenly creatures. Before we begin to look in the Bible to find our answers today, we need to understand that since angels are spirit beings, they can take on any form that God wants them to in order to serve His holy purposes. And this is what creates the challenge in recognizing the angels in the context of Scripture. This is the point in the show where we need to cover the trivia question from the last episode. And I asked you if you could describe how the angel appears in Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1. Since we did not have a listener response, I will read the passage and then describe what we see there. John wrote in Revelation what was given to him in a vision. In Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1 we read, I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud. And the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. We learn here that the angel appeared to be strong. We also see that the angel was descending from above, and here he is wearing a cloud for clothing with a rainbow as a headdress. He was so bright in appearance that it was like looking into the sun, and his feet were set ablaze and burning like pillars of fire. The first detail that you should know is that the angels appear as personal beings. Now, not as we think of persons in the physical realm. While they are personal, they are not human. The popular portrayal of angels is like extremely beautiful humans with wings, but there is limited scriptural support for this notion. To be personal or to have personhood, angels must have three qualities, will, emotions, and intellect, or the ability to reason. And they have all three traits, as we will learn together today. We generally see the angels described in the Bible appearing like men with snowy white garments and in bright array. For example, in Matthew 28, verses 2 and 3, we read, And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. Likewise, in Luke 24 and verse 4, the Gospel writer records, While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. Angelic appearances are stunning or captivating to those who beheld them. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 10, two angels are present at the ascension of Jesus, yet they appear as men dressed in white. The onlookers were gazing into heaven in amazement as the Lord ascended into the clouds with the angels. Luke wrote, And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. But they are not really men, but are angels. They are not made out of the same substance, but a different material as spiritual beings. We see with our eyes the representation of things that our finite minds can comprehend. When angels appeared in human form, they were often unrecognizable as angels to disguise their appearance for a time. So whether they appear as a man or a fiery chariot and horse, they are ethereal, spiritual, mighty angels in a representative form. Never, ever forget that. Personality or personhood does not necessitate human likeness. Do angels have will? We have already addressed the will of the angels in our first few episodes where we learned that the angels can choose to obey or disobey the voice of the Lord. Those that obey are devoted servants of His in heaven, while those that decide to rebel and leave their proper domain are bound for hell with the devil and his evil forces. These we often refer to as demons or fallen angels. Do angels have emotions? Well, angels have personal emotions as well, as we see them expressing joy in heaven over the creation of God, as in Job 38 and verse 7. But as we have already mentioned in former episodes, angels are also found rejoicing over the return of lost souls. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus taught, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And it is not until we read verse 10 of that same chapter that we discover who in heaven is creating all of the joy. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Beyond emotions, the angels have a strong desire as well to look into and are curious about the gospel being preached by the Holy Spirit through the apostles. The apostle Peter wrote, It was revealed to them, that is the angels, that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. This eager longing represents their ability to demonstrate emotions and feelings. So angels do have will and they do have emotions. But do angels have the ability to reason or to demonstrate intellect? Angels are also very intelligent personal beings. In 2 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 20, David is said to have the wisdom of angels in discerning between good and evil. The angels are not omniscient like God the Father, knowing all things, but are extremely insightful and wise. In speaking of wisdom that only God has regarding the Day of Judgment, the Lord Jesus said, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven. And this is found in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. By suggesting that the angels do not know about the Day of Judgment also suggests that they have a defined knowledge about many other important pieces of wisdom. Secondly today, angels appear in a specific type or form within a hierarchy of angelic hosts. We mentioned already that the angel of the Lord was said to be the Lord himself in a theophany of God, or a Christophany of the Son before Jesus was actually born of a woman in the flesh. This angel, of course, is not just any angel, but is a way for God, who is spirit, to make his presence known on earth without revealing his true nature and unapproachable divine presence. The angels are described in the Bible with a multiplicity of terms, namely cherubim, which means holding fast. In Ezekiel 10 and verse 5 the prophet wrote, Moreover, the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard as far as the outer court, like the voice of God Almighty when He speaks. These are the same kind of angels that covered the mercy seat in the temple and were embroidered into the tapestry of the temple veil. In Exodus chapter 25 verses 18 through 22 we learn, You shall make two cherubim of gold, Make them of hammered work at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and one cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim of one piece with the mercy seat at its two ends. The cherubim shall have their wings spread upward, covering the mercy seat with their wings and facing one another. The faces of the cherubim are to be turned toward the mercy seat, and you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony which I will give to you. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak to you about all that I will give you in commandment for the sons of Israel. In the very next chapter, in Exodus 26 and verse 1, we see, Moreover you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twisted linen in blue and purple and scarlet material, and you shall make them with cherubim, the work of a skillful workman. Then if we turn to 1 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 23, we find more information about the cherubim inside the Holy of Holies in the temple. Also in the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. Five cubits was the one wing of the cherub, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the end of the one wing to the end of the other wing were ten cubits. The other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubim were of the same measure and the same form. The height of one cherub was ten cubits, and so was the other cherub. He placed the cherubim in the midst of the inner house, and the wings of the cherubim were spread out so that the wing of the one was touching the one wall, and the wing of the other cherub was touching the other wall. So their wings were touching each other in the center of the house. He also overlaid the cherubim with gold. Then he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved engravings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, inner and outer sanctuaries. This must have been an amazing artistic display to behold as they prepared this place for God to meet with them. Finally, in First Chronicles 28 and verse 18, it is stated, And for the altar of incense refined gold by weight, and gold for the model of the chariot, even the cherubim that spread out their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord. One other side work of the cherubim is that they serve as God's vehicle while he rides on the winds or the clouds. In Second Samuel 22 in verse 11, and in Psalm 18 and verse 10, the Bible proclaims, And he rode on cherub and flew, and he appeared on the wings of the wind. Another name used to classify the angels in their ranks and in their appearances is seraphim, which means burning ones or shining ones. In Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3, and also in verse 6, we hear the prophet Isaiah state, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. It was then in verse 6 that we read, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs." This angel then used the coal to touch the lips of the prophet. You might also recall Psalm 104 and verse 4, "...he makes the winds his messengers, flaming fire his ministers." Speaking of fiery angels or burning ones, angels took on different forms during their appearances like fire as in the burning bush before Moses. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2, the Bible tells us, "...the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed." We also shared the story of how angels appeared as an army of horses and chariots of fire before Elisha's servant. Some angels didn't show themselves at all, but remained unseen. In either case, the angels were present. They are invisible creatures unless they are made visible." Now in the book of Revelation, which was written in apocalyptic language, angels are seen with varying faces of animals and even with human features, like an eagle, an ox calf, a lion, or the similarities to man. These heavenly beings are called living creatures with several sets of wings and eyes all over them. In Revelation chapter 4 verses 6 through 8, John wrote, And before the throne there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal, And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first creature was like a lion and the second creature like a calf. And the third creature had the face like that of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. No doubt these creatures are angelic spirit beings created for the worship and service of God and those destined for salvation. In addition to appearing like creatures, they are also called stars as celestial beings. In Revelation 1:16 and Revelation 1 and verse 20, we read the following about the Lord. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. What were the stars that Jesus held in his hand? Well, in verse 20, we get the revelation. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Similar imagery is used in Revelation 8 and verse 10. The third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch, and it fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. It is not until Revelation 9-1 that we learn that the star that fell was the wicked one, the devil. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven fall, which had fallen to the earth, and the keys of the bottomless pit was given to him. While some originally thought this was Christ descending for wrath on the wicked, since he holds the keys to death in Hades, here the bottomless pit is opened to wreak havoc on the world. This is the work of the evil one and his demonic spirits. As we think about the book of Revelation, it might serve us well to recall that an angel was the one who revealed the entire book of Revelation to John as it was passed on from the Lord. This, in and of itself, is an appearance of the angels. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1, we read, "...the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place, and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John." As we mentioned in the trivia portion of our episode today, one angel appears in the book of Revelation and is arrayed in a cloud with a rainbow on his head Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1. It is hard to describe why these bizarre forms and fashions are taken on by the angels, but God uses them for specific symbols, missions, and works, and each one requires them to reveal themselves in various manners. Now even though we have identified that there are two higher types of angels, the cherubim and the seraphim, they appeared and looked differently in every case. Sometimes they had two wings, or four wings, or six wings, and again, these are all symbolic in visions. Other times they have varying features, eyes or feet like fire, face like lightning or the sun. They also have assorted natural phenomena that are connected with their coming, like earthquakes and thunder and wind and smoke, the sound of mighty rushing waters, or a fire. We've already mentioned the fact that beyond the bizarre, they can appear as a man, as in Daniel chapter 8 and verse 15. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it, and behold, standing before me was one who looked like a man. This is what the passage in Hebrews 13, 2 was discussing, where we could entertain angels during a time of hospitality and be completely unaware of their presence, just like Lot when he hosted these heavenly hosts. Other angels, though, appear as soldiers with drawn swords, as in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, rather, I indeed come now as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Beyond appearing like men, angels appear to shine with a heavenly dazzling white light that glows like the sun. We've already read Revelation chapter 10 and verse 1 and Luke 24 and verse 4, which proved that point. Often this brightness was so stunning that they terrified those who beheld them. In Judges 13 and in verse 6 we read, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. And I did not ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. See also Luke 2 and verse 9 and Matthew 28, 2 through 4. Angels can appear in various modes and in multiple formats. They can be in human-like form in real time and space, as in Genesis 18 and verse 19. They can also appear in dreams of the subconscious mind, in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 21. But they also appear in visions, where one is caught up into another realm for a brief period of time for revelation, as in Ezekiel chapter 1. Beyond this, an entire army of angels could appear and be present but completely invisible to the human eye unless God allows us to see into that spiritual world where angels move at the Lord's command." Vine's Expository Dictionary expresses that there is a taxonomy of angels, while there have been studies to show that the cherubim, seraphim, archangels, angels, living creatures, thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers are really all a part of the order of angelic ranks. Dionysius was one of the first to study Paul's writings and create a suggested order to the ranks or hierarchy of the angels. He included three hierarchies of angels, and within those hierarchies he placed three orders of angels. In hierarchy one, he included the cherubim, seraphim, and thrones. In hierarchy two, he included dominions, virtues, and powers. Then in hierarchy three, we have principalities, archangels, and then all other angels in general. While there is credibility to a ranking of the angels, there is no biblical proof that Dionysius was correct. His efforts, as well as any other attempt to order the angels, would be mere speculation. To learn more, please take the time to study these heavenly hosts. For example, in Colossians 1.16 we see, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. We at least know that there were some angels that were chief among the others, and these were called archangels. As far as how the hierarchy is built, we may never know thoroughly how they rank among one another until we are in their presence for eternity. Finally, we want to take note that the angels will often appear as flying swiftly or moving rapidly. We automatically conclude that since they fly, they must have wings, but wings are only mentioned in the Bible in visions and dreams, or are seen in ancient artwork or more commonly, modern art displays. In Revelation 14 and verse 6, it is revealed, "...and I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth, and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people." This was a vision, remember that. Flying here does not make wings mandatory for any spirit being, because they are able to move like a breath or wind, drifting and floating and moving rapidly from one place to another." Birds or airplanes require wings in our realm, and so we automatically assume that angels need the same. Not necessarily. They are spirit beings. They can move from heaven to earth almost instantaneously as needed and directed by God. In Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 to 23, we read from Daniel the prophet, Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. He gave me instruction and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you insight with understanding. At the beginning of your supplications the command was issued, and I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. So give heed to the message and gain understanding of the vision. Some of the visions that show that these beings have wings include 1 Kings 8, 6-7, where cherubim are pictured with two wings. In Ezekiel chapter 10, verses 19-21, to 21, cherubim are found with four wings. And in Isaiah 6 and verse 2, seraphim have six wings. The wings on the angels and visions are to symbolize their ability to move rapidly to accomplish the purposes of God. When angels appeared to Abraham, it was in such a way that Abraham had to look up suddenly or unexpectedly, and unannounced there were three angels before him. An angel had to be traveling at the speed of light when suddenly he appeared in the road to Balaam. Gideon looked up from the threshing floor to see an angel, And when he attempted to set a meal before him, he disappeared suddenly. An angel also suddenly appeared to Samson's mother. Proud Herod was immediately smitten by an angel in Acts chapter 12. Angel Gabriel is said to come to Daniel swiftly in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 21 as translated by the New Living Translation. One author said, Traversing space in the twinkling of an eye, the angels appear to move from heaven to earth, from one place to another, at ease and without hindrance. Now, in saying all of these things, let us also clarify that they are not omnipresent like God. But they are free to go where the omnipresent God of heaven and earth bid them to go without the limitations of time and space. Whether they literally have wings in heaven is yet to be determined. The point here is that they can fly and accomplish the work of God in an instant. As I shared with you at the conclusion of our last episode, whether you have the opportunity to experience an angelic appearance in this life or not, you will one day see the angels. The angels are going to be a part of the judgment of the Lord and will usher you into your eternal dwelling place. The two options that are presented to you are to either spend eternity in the presence of God, His angels, and all of the saved, or to be eternally separated from them in a place burning with fire where you will be lost and tormented forever and ever. I hope that you are making spiritual preparations to be standing ready to meet the Lord. If you want to learn more, please send me an email at netcasthost at gmail.com, and I will be glad to discuss this with you further. Thank you for listening. In our next and final episode in the series on the angels of God, we will conclude with thoughts about the work of the angels. Perhaps this is the most misunderstood topic in regards to these heavenly beings. I hope that you will join us for the conclusion of Season 2. In the meantime, let me announce that the next series we are going to cover in Season 3, Lord willing, we will enter into a study of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, we learn that all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. This teaching by the Apostle Paul makes it clear that we must be under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The problem begins to arise whenever you compare the false and contradictory teachings about the work of the Spirit of God that we see promoted in the religious world with what the Bible clearly teaches. Our task will be to decipher precisely how the Holy Spirit works in our lives today. As we near the end of Season 2, let me encourage you to take advantage of our special offer If you partner with us on Patreon or PayPal by making a financial commitment to Netcast, we will send you the complete PDF outline for our study on the angels of God. And as a bonus, we are including the PowerPoint files to assist you with your Bible studies. You can go to patreon.com forward slash netcast to learn more, or simply send your financial gift through PayPal using the Netcast email, netcasthost at gmail.com. If you are not in a position to support this ministry effort financially, let me encourage you to do one of the following. First, continue being a dedicated listener. Second, share netcast with your friends and family. Finally, after subscribing to the podcast, leave a review for others to read. Your positive feedback can be inviting to those who want to learn more about the show. Before I sign off today, I would like to ask you to visit our social media sites. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to name a few. On these sites, you will find updates about Netcast to keep you current on any new developments with the podcast. Let me also invite you to visit our website, www.netcasthost.com. You can sign up for our email list, participate in our trivia questions, view our transcripts of the podcast on the blog, become a member of the podcast totally free, and this will give you access to hidden features on the website like our members forum and so much more. Again, the address for the website is netcasthost.com. Com. As we conclude today's episode, I want to provide you with the trivia question for our next show. Can you tell me, in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, what angel appears and what is his responsibility? Visit our trivia link at www.netcasthost.com forward slash trivia and follow the instructions provided to submit your answer. If you answer correctly, you could be featured in our next episode. Until then, I pray that God will bless you richly in Jesus Christ our Lord.